my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I am Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited to be here today with Nika Jalali. How are you, Nika? I'm doing great. Great to chat with you again. Oh, it's so great to chat with you. And um, you know, I'm sitting here. We just had some. Uh, we just had some technical difficulties and making sure we had everything uh, lined up. And then I just realized I closed all of my browsers because I was worried about that. And, uh, and now I don't have any of my notes open. So I'm like, ah. Uh, but Nico was yeah. a graduate of our or is a graduate of our program and is currently the director of business strategy at uh, Datafy. Um, and we're going to get into and talk all about what Datafy does and, and whatnot. But um, Nika has already had just a, a, a really awesome um, uh, career and I'm excited to talk about it. She's a 2011 graduate of our program. So um, so we'll get to talk and catch up uh, over the last, uh, what's been going on the last 10 years, Nika. But um, let's talk first about where you're from. Where, where'd you grow up? So I grew up in San Diego, California, which is where I currently live now. Um, I grew up in Northeast San Diego, so Rancho Penasquitos. Nice, nice. So SoCal, right on. What did your parents do growing up? My parents were um, in the computer industry. So my mom was a computer programmer and my dad was an electrical engineer. So he worked on storage systems um, for computers. So they were both computer people. We always had computers growing up in my house. <laughs> right on. And I love it. Your mom was a computer programmer. That is really, that is really cool. She's blazing trails. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. They actually met in San Diego at San Diego State. So. Oh, right on. They, yeah, that's what made them stay, stay in San Diego. Right on. What about siblings? Do you have any siblings? Yeah, I have a brother and um, he recently moved back to San Diego. Um, at the end of 2019, and he's actually um, an emergency uh, doctor. So he oh. works in the emergency department and is a doctor there. Oh wow! Oh wow! Well, so um, that that's been a, a a scary last few years, I, I assume. For even though I'm sure y'all are happy to have him back, I, I, uh, it's a little little scary, I'm sure, with everything going on with the with the pandemic and whatnot. Yeah, definitely. He was on the front lines dealing with a lot of the stuff. And, um, yeah. but luckily we've, we've kind of made it out of the hard parts, but yeah. you know, he signed up to to help people and that's what he was there to do. And we're glad that he was able to provide that support to people around the San Diego community. Yeah, absolutely. And shout out to, what did you say? Did you say little bro or big bro? Big brother. Big brother. <laughs> so shout out to big brother there. Yeah. Thank you so much for for that and and um let's uh let's talk a little bit about what uh what young Nico was like uh so what did you as you were as you were growing up what kind of uh what kind of identity phases did you go through were you were you big into sports or arts or 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 what what was your what was your jam I kind of did everything um my parents were really good about you know try it out and see if you like it so as a young kid I played almost probably every sport you can think of. Yeah. Um, but I, I stuck with basketball. So I played basketball throughout my whole childhood and into 
college, I mean, into high school. And then um, I also played volleyball in high school, but also was just really involved in school, um, doing different things. Like I was part of this program called AVID, which is... um, stands for advancement via individual determination. And that really kind of excelled my involvement in school because we created our own club and did a lot of fundraising and lots of involvement in the school there through, through AVID. Yeah, right on. I've just recently been, um, uh, I've just recently heard of AVID because my, my daughter is, is um, in middle school and headed into high school. And, and I, and I've seen through, I've kind of had an awakening, if you will, Nika, in, in both in, in talking to people on the podcast and also, you know, with my kids growing up um, and realizing that um, student government, things like AVID and clubs, you plan events, right? And you're the ones who are out there like planning things. And I've realized that that's a, that's a huge market for us, right? And that's one of, I feel like that's one of the reasons why we have such leaders um, attracted to our our program. Um, would would you agree there? Yeah, I mean, being involved in school programs like you know, I I hosted a pep rally or putting together homecoming floats and organizing dances at the school. Like we actually organized the winter formal and did all the decorations for it. It really, you know, that is event planning and you're just doing it in your high school and thinking it's, you know, helping you be social. Also a good college application builder as well. Um, But it definitely kind of steered me into the direction of I enjoy doing this uh, in my free time as well. Right, right. I love it. Um, so, you know, you're you're from an area of, of California. When you say Cal Poly, you think Pomona, right? Um, and uh, uh, so what what attracted you to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo? How'd you hear about us? Um, what's that story like? Yeah, I mean, uh, coming from Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, I we ever just considered Pomona. San Luis Obispo was always on my radar. I actually, um, I went on a trip with my family um, from San Diego up the coast to visit different colleges. So we stopped by all different, you you know, UC schools and state schools just to check out the campuses and understand, you know, what's going on there, see if I like the area. Um, And we ended at Cal Poly and during one of the open houses and just started my tour. Um, and my tour guide was actually at that time, an RPTA major. And at the time when I was applying to college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just kept saying, I want to work with people, which didn't really make sense because everyone ends up in some type of capacity working with people. But I was thinking of going into business school or, you know, some different majors, but when I was on that tour at Cal Poly and the tour guide, I wish I remember who it was, but um, the tour guide just was talking about her major. And I was, I just had this moment where I was like, that sounds so cool. That sounds so perfect. So the whole tour, I walked with her at the front and just asked her a ton of questions and picked her brain and was like, I think this is what I want to do. This is really cool. So it actually was kind of just, a chance of luck that I I found the major um, through and Cal Poly because it it was on my radar. But after seeing Santa Barbara and being a beach kid and, you know, seeing Santa Barbara on the beach, that was kind of like, oh, I would love to go to school on the beach. But the major really is what what ended up drawing me to Cal Poly. 
Right, right. Yeah, that's awesome. What a great story. I love that. So, um, so let's talk about your your time at Cal Poly. And I obviously know how involved you were and, and all the things that you that you did. Um, we'll start with um we'll start with an enduring memory and then we'll move into the professional development side. But is there is there an enduring memory from your four years that really stands out, you know, whether it's like a particular sunset or or some experience with with friends or anything like that, where you're like, oh, wow, I just know I'll never forget that, um, that's th- that you can think about? I think it was just the community I created with my friends. I had a couple, two friends from high school that came to college with me. And they were in the dorm behind us, the engineering dorm. And I crafted this master plan. I said, okay, I'll bring my girlfriends from the, the dorms and you guys bring your guy friends from the dorms and we're all going to be friends. That's what we're just, what's going to happen. And it actually is what ended up happening. And we created oh, this amazing awesome. family community of like friends and just all the memories we went made together, just, you know, going hiking or going out downtown to the bars or going to the lake at Nascimento and, you know, just so many different experiences we had together or just hanging out, you know, in the backyard and just hanging out together and having a good time. It just, the, my friends are really what, what has stuck with me from, yeah. from my memories. Yeah, I love it. That sense of community is so is so amazing. And um, that's so great to hear that you that you had you had your tribe, like they say nowadays, right? I I love that. Um, So so let's, um, let's shift to the professional development. I I know you were super involved there. Are are there a couple things that really stand out as, um, as as things that you look back and you go, oh, wow, um, that really benefited me in um, once I got out in in the working um, professional world? Yeah, I mean, the main thing for me was um, getting involved in the professional networking events that Cal Poly gave us the opportunity to go to. So going to the Cal Travel um, Outlook Forum or the Visit California Forum, which were these events that professionals went to. And as students, we were able to go on a discounted price and be able to interact with high level executives and people in the industry and just talk to them and understand what they do and really learn about the the tourism and travel industry. Um, And on one of my first occasions, I met this uh, man named Brad Burlingame. He was the CEO of Visit West Hollywood, and he led a student session that taught students kind of how to work at these professional events, how to, you know, leverage it for the best of your ability. And that really launched me into utilizing those professional events to to get me to where I am today, really. Um, I met a lot of people and Brad, once I got into my professional career, continued to be a mentor of mine. So as a as an entry level person, I was talking to CEOs, or as a student, I was talking to CEOs of these big companies, and they were meeting with me and, you know, guiding me through kind of my decisions in my professional career and and just the education of the industry of what's going on, what are, what are people talking about, what's the what are the trends, what's happening. So that was really beneficial that Cal Poly gave us that that opportunity to do those things, and I I really took advantage of that. You know, I I just love it, and um, it, it's um, I, I know that you were one of the ones that that would would always step up and would 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 go and, and to these. You know, we 
we still provide these opportunities, right? We we obviously believe um, very strongly in professional development and and these professional conferences. You know, we 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 had a break, obviously, with um with the mm-hmm. pandemic and and only being able to do them virtually. But now that they're coming back and and they're in person, we're we're gonna we're gonna double down there and and, and provide these opportunities for students because we we do feel like it's so valuable, you know whether it's something small as like realizing what business attire is, right? When you go to a, when you go to something like a Cal travel summit, right. And you realize, Oh, okay. I can't wear what I wear when I go out to downtown San Luis Obispo, I've got it shifted a little bit. Right. And um, something like, but, but I just remember Nika, I was terrified when I was a college student to talk to adults Right. So just that interaction with adults in a professional setting, I think, is a valuable thing. Um, And uh, now I can't imagine talking to CEOs like you were doing, but I know how confident you were as a uh, as a college student. So I'm sure you were just like uh, snapping it off there. So I love that. Um, Do you think that um, being a wow leader, do you think being a wow leader helped you uh, build your confidence in, in talking to groups and leading groups and and that sort of thing? Yeah, definitely. Um, I love being a WOW leader. I really love being a WOWee. And so when I was a WOWee, I was definitely looking at it like I'm doing this next year. And right. it was such a fun, you know, fun way to just social socialize with friends and then meet the new students and help kind of guide them into uh, their Cal Poly experience. So that was a, a great opportunity as well. And um, I think the other opportunity that really stood out to me is um, being the co-chair of the the auction for um, for our majors. So we had hosted the Fly Away with RPTA yes. uh, event at the hangar, and yeah, it was that was a really great opportunity for me and taught me a lot about auctions, which I used in my professional career and planning events. Um, I didn't have strictly event jobs, but it really helped, you know, leading a group of people um, with all different personalities, making sure everyone's on task and getting everything done to to execute an, an event. So yeah. that was a great opportunity as well. I love it. And that was a really special one in the hangar. Um, wow. That was, a, that was really cool. I, I really, that one stands out as a, as a, as a good memory. So let's talk about um, your internship now and, and moving out of Cal Poly and towards the the professional world. Um, our, our current students love hearing about uh, how you got your internship, what that process was like and, and, um, and, and what you did there. Yeah, so it actually was at one of these professional conferences. I knew I needed to get an internship for the summer. So I sought out people at the conference that I knew were working at CVBs or what we call now destination marketing organizations. Because in one of my RPTA classes, I had learned what a CVB does, which is essentially selling a destination. And I had, again, this light bulb moment that was like, that is so cool. That's exactly what I want to do. That's what I want to find for my internship. So during the Visit California Outlook Forum, I would just go up to people and say, hey, my name's Nika. I need an internship this summer. I would love to work for you. Here's my business card. And I ran into this woman named Lauren Rogers, who uh, is still to this day, a mentor, a best friend in my life. And um, she 
she kind of shrugged me off, to be honest, but then followed <laughs> up with me. And uh, to this day, she said it's one of the best decisions she, she's made. But, I, you know, I was able to get an internship with Santa Monica Convention and Visitors Bureau at the time. They're now called Santa Monica Travel and Tourism. Yeah. Um, so the plan was for a 10-week internship. Um, I moved all my stuff down to San Diego, thinking I'd land back in San Diego and only would be in L.A. for... 10 weeks. I got a place mm-hmm. for 10 weeks. And in the ninth week of my internship, Lauren offered me a job. So I I ended up staying at Santa Monica and really built my career off of my internship um, with them. I love it. I love it. And, you know, our, our, our faithful listeners are, are adjusting the dial right now um, because um, you uh, <laughs> last week's um, podcast, well, you know, we're in podcast world, you 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 publish them, but the the one that goes directly before you um, is uh, Emily Bishop, um, who ended up working for Santa Monica Travel and Tourism from 2019 to 2021, and so uh, so I, 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 it's just wild and and just a, a coincidence that I happen to have you on back to back. So you forged the way for Emily and there's, there's probably others in addition to Emily. Um, but, uh, so let's talk about those six years, right? You, um, you know, one of the things that, that we talk about with our internship and one of the things that we think is so valuable for the internship is it can be a stepping stone to a full-time job. It's not always. Um, but when you are, um, a bright and talented young professional like Nika, and you get into a position there, there are, there have been many, many instances over, over the years where people go, okay, we've got to figure out a way to keep her, or we've got to figure out a way to, to keep them in this position. And so, um, let's talk about, let's talk about your, your growth and development in Santa Monica, because I imagine you, like a lot of young professionals, you weren't just looking to stay and do the same thing for six years. And I know that you, you kind of like walked up the, or, or climbed up the ladder, so to speak. So what was that like during those six years? What kept you there in other words? Yeah, I think it was mostly the leadership that kept me there, but um, you know, when they offered me the job, we had a job description and didn't even have a title. We just kind of made it up. So that was really awesome that I got to work with the team and say, okay, this is what we need you to do for us. And so it, it nation, but a small bureau, we were a pretty small team then. And, um, it, it kind of became that everyone does everything. Everyone pitches in from the CEO to, to the intern. Everyone is working together. So it really allowed me to learn so many different pieces of the industry to really understand what I wanted to do. And um, the leadership there, the CEO, Misty Kearns, she was she is just so incredible at teaching people and empowering them to do their best. And she really saw in me that, you know, I could, I could work there and really be successful. So um, she just kept pushing me and her and, you know, Lauren Rogers and the rest of the team, they just kept pushing me and helped me to grow. So started at programs assistant and then kind of went into the sales side. So was doing, um, was supporting our sales team with their 
FAMs or their sales missions and things like that. And then we got to a point where um, Missy actually needed a little bit more help because we were going through um, some changes as a as a company to establish what is called a, a TBID or a tourism um, business improvement district, which a lot of these DMOs have yeah. to implement funding. And she needed some support on that side. So I actually got the opportunity to work directly under the CEO as um, uh, doing, you know, executive relation type work of working with her and organizing our board and helping with the kind of support on the legislative side of getting the TBIT approved. And working under a CEO was just such an incredible opportunity because I was exposed to so many different parts of what it takes to run a company like that, what it takes to help manage um, all the different pieces of the tourism industry. So that was a really incredible opportunity for me and did that for quite a bit. And then realized that my passion was really in the sales side. So move what got the opportunity to move back into the sales department at Santa Monica, where I helped lead international sales. So working with different um, different international countries to help increase the visitation to Santa Monica. So it, it was, yeah, it was an ever evolving experience with Santa Monica that just was like, what's next? What do you want to do? What's interesting you? And it, it really comes from the leadership, allowing me the opportunity to do that and trusting in me and believing in me that, you know, we can make that succeed. Right. I love that. And I think it's a great model. I mean, you look at your time at Santa Monica, six years, and you had six different titles, right? And um, and that's a way to keep to keep employees engaged and vibrant. And um, and uh, you know, in in this world where a lot of times people have a tendency to jump from job to job, you know, I know my era that was seen as a negative, and in your era, it's not at all, right? And so you're trying to keep you're trying to retain people, uh, and so. Uh, so I, I think that's great, and I can uh, um, shout out to the to the leadership there at Santa Monica. So let's talk about um, you know the, the last few years. Obviously, that we've we've had a global pandemic in in the middle of of that, and so um, you know I don't like jumping from job to job and and that sort of thing. So I want to talk uh, you know just a little bit um, maybe about. Um, those three positions. So you were director of marketing and business development for the Simon Property Group, and then you worked for um, almost three years with Merlin Entertainments um, as uh, head of business development and strategic implementation. And now you're director of business strategy at Datafy. And so Am I saying that right? Datafy, Datafy. Um, yeah. <laughs> you say data, I say data. Um, but uh, <laughs> so, so let's talk about. And I would imagine. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but that that um, that experience in working directly with a CEO, I imagine that really helped you in these um, in these last three positions um, that you that you've worked in. But. Um, Maybe if you would reflect on um, the process, like leaving, I imagine leaving Santa Monica after six years was tough. What was that like? And um, and then, um, yeah, what, maybe get into uh, what you did with Merlin Entertainment. So that's obviously an exciting position. So uh, I'm sure people would like to hear about that. 
Yeah, definitely. So it was very a very hard to, decision to leave Santa Monica. That was like a family to me. Uh, but it was just time for me to leave LA and move back to San Diego. As I mentioned earlier, I moved all my stuff to San Diego after college thinking I was going back and that's where I wanted to be. So LA was never in my my like kind of plan of life, but it just happened and I stayed for six years, which was incredible. I do have to mention, I also lived with an RPTA uh, alum, Cal Poly alum, Lauren Coleman as well during my whole time at in Santa Monica. So right, we we were roommates and, uh, you know, supported each other there. So it was also hard to leave that. But right. time for me to get back to San Diego. So I, uh, as you mentioned, I was the director of marketing and uh, business development for the Carlsbad Premium Outlets down here. So that that got me back to San Diego. And then um, from there, I forged a relationship with people at Legoland. So Legoland is located right um, above Carlsbad Premium Outlets, and Legoland is run by Merlin Entertainment. So um, was able to to make that switch over. I, you know, I just I loved my time at Santa Monica, and I did so many different things. And the six years was incredible. It was kind of time to try something else, as you mentioned a lot of my friends were kind of jumping job to job to hear that somebody straight out of college was somewhere for six years was really unheard of yeah. in my peer group. So it was, you know, it was time for me to diversify a little bit and try something else. So I moved over to the retail side and then to the attractions. Attractions have always been really an interest of mine as well. So um, uh, a person I met again through professional conferences, Karen Shires, um, recruited me over to Merlin Entertainments. And so Merlin Entertainments oversees um, about 32 attractions across the U.S. They have over 140 now across the whole globe, They're the second largest um, attraction company in the world after Disney. So it was a great opportunity for me. And I was on the North America team. So I helped support all of the attractions um, from, you know, Legoland, California to the ones in Florida, New York. And then we also had the Madame Tussauds Wax Museum, Sea Life Aquariums and Legoland Discovery Centers. So um, it was just a great opportunity to really learn the attraction side of the business, which is different than what I was doing before um, and stepped into the time that my role was created, there was a little bit of reorganization of our department. Um, what our department handled was third-party sales. So any sales of tickets that aren't directly on the website of the attraction. So if you're buying tickets from Expedia or from you know your company's website that they sell tickets, those type of things. So it was, yeah, it was a really great opportunity. And then the pandemic hit and obviously there's a lot of shifts and changes in the industry, but it was really great to work for a company um, that was willing to make some changes and pivots due to the pandemic happening. Obviously attractions were all closed and um, we had to, you know, make decisions of what, what works next? What are we going to do as a company? Right. So again, our listeners are like, oh, wow, Santa Monica to Universal Studios for Emily, for Emily, and now uh, Santa Monica to Legoland for Nika. I love it. I yeah. love it. Um, this is so wild that that would be like back-to-back podcasts, right? It's so, so awesome. And, and how fitting, like, you know, I didn't plan this, but how fitting during the summer, right, where everyone's going to theme parks and, uh, <clears throat> but um, <clears throat> let's, talk a little bit excuse me i got a bug in my throat let's talk a little bit about what that was like obviously i reached out to you during the pandemic and 
and um and it was a it was a difficult time for everyone right um we're not gonna we're not gonna minimize that but what was it what was it like for you in terms of um, you know one of the things that that we talked to our current students about like they're terrified about it right because they saw that experiences shut down right they saw that the events industry and the hospitality and tourism industry obviously were were impacted in a major way and one of the things that i say to them is that one we've had a pretty significant bounce back obviously um but two um we learned and grew from the experience right i talked to so many people who were like we pivoted or, or we did this or we did that and it's just you know i know the word pivot um became yeah. overused during the two year period but um but that's essentially what we did right so um so can you talk about what that was like and 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 that experience yeah i mean it it definitely pivoted is the overused word but we had to there was no other option but to pivot i was brought into Merlin Entertainments to help them um, increase international visitation and really focus on international markets. And then the pandemic hit and the borders were closed. So that could not be a focus. But what we did as a company and what we did is looked at, okay, well, what can we take advantage of as far as opportunities right now? And it was making some changes. So as far as what we did is, you know, looking at ways to improve our business during this downtime. So we went digital with all of our ticket sales systems. We, for our clients, we um, redid our contracts, you know, we, we re kind of organized and refreshed everything. Now there was definitely a time I was furloughed for two months. It was, it was a scary time to say, am I going to get my job back? Am I going to have to completely change industries? I had those conversations with myself of, what's next and what's happening. But as you mentioned, everything is rebounding. It's coming back with a vengeance and people will not, we, what we've realized through this pandemic is everyone was shut down and stuck in their houses. But as soon as that opened again, people are craving experiences. People are craving, craving that time with their family and their friends out doing outside, doing something fun, doing a different experience. That's not stuck in your house, watching Netflix. And we all realized how important that is to our happiness and our health and, you know, our overall lives. So as much as there are going to be times that things like this could happen again, but the industry is resilient and it will bounce back. And we're seeing it now that people are just going out and they want to have a good time with their family and friends. Yeah, I love it. And, um, you know, you made me you made me think of this um, this study or, or this article that I read Um about uh it was during the pandemic and it was about the alcohol problem in the united states and and one of the things that they talked about um was the fact that so many people were drinking alone right and, and what the what the stu- the studies have shown is that drinking in social in social settings is not actually that bad for you at all as long as you don't drink to excess right but drinking in isolation is really really bad for you right it's those social connections that that um that offset um the potential negative health benefits from drinking right and so when you when you apply that on a massive scale and you think about all the mental health issues that we've that we've seen that have been cascading over the last couple of years i think it's 
Um, you know, not only do we have um, do we have a responsibility to try to um, co-create experiences for people, um, but it, it it really is like you said. There's a health aspect to it, right? Of getting out of our houses and going and and, and experiencing things in life um, that that can't be underestimated. Now, obviously, we have to have some precautions and and to put into place common sense measures to to help prevent the spread of future pandemics and whatnot. But um, it's it's just so valuable, and so I love hearing you say that. Um, yeah. So let's let's talk um let's talk about Datafy. Tell us what Datafy is and how you got that position and, and what you're currently doing. Yeah, so Datafy um, is a a data platform for um, I mean most of our clients right now are destination marketing organizations like Santa Monica and the other you know destinations around the United States. And the data platform, what it does is it takes in geolocation data spending data and it tells these destinations who their customers are what they're you know where they're from what their demographics are um what they're doing in the destination if they're attending an event are they staying in hotels as well and um how i got into this role is actually um lauren rogers the my (laughs) the person that hired me for my internship um who i continue to stay in touch with um as i mentioned she's a great friend of mine and we've just she actually has helped me get my job at simon as well so she's now recruited me officially three times Uh, um we just stick together but it's just a new thing in the industry um it's it just has started probably in the past few years utilizing geolocation data to understand customers and to me i've always wanted to work for a startup that was like tech startups were always really interesting to me i have a lot of friends obviously from cal poly who ended up in that tech startup world going up to you know silicon valley so i always wanted to find a way to marry those two things together and this opportunity came up to work for a tech startup that works in the tourism industry and helps clients like DMOs and attractions. So it just made sense. And so what we are able to do is provide data to uh, make strategic marketing decisions as far as who you should be targeting, how to be targeting them. And then also a lot of these companies are run by a board of directors and stakeholders. So reporting back to stakeholders on the pulse of what is happening in the destination, who's coming and what's going on. Um, The you know, the industry before would utilize surveys to come up with this data, but it's utilizing geolocation in a new way to to help um to help show this data to these different destinations. Yeah, I was gonna say that was that was actually my next question. I'd like to explain a little bit more about how that works. You know, we've all we've re- we've relied for for many years on on surveys and I remember um I guess it was about five years ago, um one of the uh leading researchers in our field, I was at a conference, again, shout out to professional conferences and going to those. And um, and I was shocked by this statement that he made. He said, um, uh, and again, remember, this was a, 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 a titan in our field. Um, he said, I want you to understand that while surveys will persist and will continue, um, they are effectively dead. 
And we need to come up with different, more innovative ways to collect data. And I was like, whoa, that's like, it's a massive statement, right? Because it yeah. wasn't, and, and it's not like surveys have stopped, right? We, and, and he was right from that standpoint. We were, we're continuing to do surveys and I am working on like three different surveys right now, you know, um, but um, I, I think Datafy and what, what he, the point of what he's saying is that, you know, we are headed towards a world where people filling out surveys probably will not be the most persistent and omnipresent way of collecting data when we look at the future and artificial intelligence and and like what Datafy is doing. So can you reflect a little bit about what you see um, in, the, in the future along those lines? Yeah. Um- I, I wouldn't say surveys are dead because I think there's still there's still a need for surveys to gauge um, emotions, right? You can't gauge emotions through data. Um, you might have like you know numbers and facts in front of you, but emotions are to connected to a person. So yeah. there that that will stay. But what we find with geolocation data is we're able to increase the sample size. So a typical statistical sample size is about three to 5%, but with geolocation data, we're able to pick up seven to 15%. So not only are you getting more information, you're getting a better sample size to understand the whole picture as well. So um, I, I think that it is definitely a time where tourism is, is getting digital, I would say, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of industries have gone through this with music, you know, going from CDs to online music mm-hmm. with the transition of Napster and all that stuff in between. And then you have like TV going yeah. from cable to this crazy world we live in now where you have a million apps to watch different things. So tourism, I feel like sometimes this, it's taken a little bit longer to get into this digital age. And that's what I feel like our platform provides is a new technology. It's a new way to look at metrics um, and really dive into who your customers are and make the right strategic decisions off of the data that you that you see um, in our data dashboards and really being able to, to dive deeper than you might be able to say with the survey. So um, yeah, I'm really excited about the future of what what this, you know, technology can provide to destinations and attractions alike. I love it. And, you know, I'm going to have to plug you in and, and um, get you connected with, with Dr. Lin and, um, and Dr. Uh, Dr. Shen and Dr. Zhang, who are, are leading the way in our experience innovations lab that will hopefully uh, open. Um, we've been saying it's going to hopefully open for uh uh, two years now there. Uh, uh, if you remember building 10, right, to build the agriculture building right across the street from us. And then you remember the Baker Center, the big Baker Center that went up in the middle of campus. I think that might have actually been after you now that I think about I it. Say kind but, of? Yeah. If you say the spider, the spider building, do you remember the old spider building? You're really quizzing me on my cow quality. I know, I know. Well, if you think about where the math and science, do you remember where math and science was in that quad area over there? Yeah, okay, towards, okay. towards the union? Uh-huh. Well, there, there's now a big Baker Center there, like huge new building. I think that was, um, that was, that was opened, after me. Yeah, that was opened in like 2015, now that I think about it, so, or 14 maybe. Well, anyway, we for the last two years, they've been building us a building 
right there behind um, building 10. Um, and it's a brand new, it's going to be a beautiful building with our experience innovations lab. It's just that with the supply chain issues and all of that, that the, it's been delayed and being finished. And, um, but so we're going to open an experience innovations lab. And the reason I tell you this is that, um, there, um, there are ways to measure emotions, um, that, that we're working on and that, um, our faculty now are, are at the forefront of the technology in, in um, measuring emotions um, where you wear like an armband or you wear like a, um, a device that, um, and you, you know, you experience something and, um, and it, it's able to do now, obviously from a travel and tourism, you're not going to like give everyone a wristband and have them walk around where you can measure their emotions. So uh, like you said, and I think that's really important, that caveat that this researcher that I was talking about put on it, it's not that it's dead now, right? It's just when you look towards the future, um, we've just realized that there's so many flaws with surveys, right? And people don't like, they don't really like um, doing surveys. And so we've been innovative with them, you know, companies like Qualtrics and whatnot, paying people to do surveys and that sort of thing. Um, uh, so I think, I think you're absolutely right that they're going to continue into the foreseeable future, but it's kind of fun and kind of exciting to think about, you know, ways that we might be able to, to get more information. Um, because, you know, right now we're thinking about the bounce back, right. With travel and tourism, but uh, I know that you were you were so intimately involved that you know that in 2019 we were thinking about over tourism, right? Mm -hmm. There were places like Paris and and um, and uh, lots of other places around the world that were like, how do we manage this more effectively? We've got to figure out a way because our our favorite places are becoming overrun with tourists, and so. I don't know. Well, um, I don't, I'm not sure there's a question there, Nico, but I just know you're no, smart I, enough to reflect on it uh, more in a more articulate manner than I am. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely agree. In 2019, over tourism was a, a, a big buzzword and a huge conversation. Now, I wouldn't say it's gone now. It's just changed into a sustainability message of sustainable tourism, because what we are seeing in the industry is that a lot of places as everyone knows, there's staffing shortages. So the hotels, the restaurants, you know, the city, they can't keep up with the capacity of tourists that are coming to the destination. So it's yeah. about getting the right tourist um, to your market, getting the right person who's going to a spend more and stay longer, but also be nice to the natural environment and the destination. Um, there is a really fun, interesting um PR angle that one of the destinations took in California. I'll let you look it up, but it said essentially, don't, don't be rude to our destination. So wow. um, it, it's, it's, it's something that everyone's talking about is how do we get people who are here to take care of it? Like, um, like the, the locals do, I think having that pause without any tourists and destinations, the, the destinations were able to see, okay, this is how this is how, you know, calm and nice and, you know, how everything should be acting. Um, and once the tourists returned, it it's hard to keep up with the staffing shortages on 
on providing that experience that you want everyone to have. So now a lot of the conversations of over tourism have changed to sustainable tourism and making sure that um, people are, you know, uh, are doing the right thing when they're traveling. Right on. And shout out to to my wonderful wife, who is a sustainable tourism expert and uh, uh, ahead of the curve, I guess you could say, (laughs) along those lines. Uh, I love it. Well, Nika, I just want to say thank you so much for your time today. I know you are a busy professional and uh, to stop and and take the time out of your day to to give back. I really appreciate it um, so much. It's so good to see you. Um, It's been too long. Um, and, uh, just want to thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity. This has been great. It's, it's fun reflecting on such an amazing time in my life. So I appreciate it. Awesome. Awesome. See ya. Bye.